Hello, Internet. Welcome back to Behind the Dumpster. My name is Sam. I have no clue what I'm doing with this, but let's get into it anyway. Roll that intro! Stories about the Ouija board can be split into two groups of real and fake. Many people, I'd say it's safe to say, find the seance of the Ouija board to be a fun party activity with really no consequences. Uh, it's kind of speculated that only believers have paranormal experiences and whatnot, though I think I, I have read some stories which break that rule. Anyway, one story that somewhat splits the hairs uh, between real and fake is the story of Zuzu or Zosa and this character of the Ouija board who has very different names and many people have had experiences with this demon. Now the demon is so dangerous it is suggested that should you contact him uh, you immediately end the seance and say goodbye. Some sources suggest that Zozo dates back to the 1800s to a possession in France, I believe it would have been. But the author of this account is very skeptical that the girl was possessed in the sense that he believes it was fake. So it's on, a, on the edge of whether Zuzu is a real demon who goes back that far. Additionally, some people enjoy tying Zuzu to Pazuzu. Now, Pazuzu, for those of you who don't know, is a Mesopotamian demon, and there are a couple things to keep in mind with the term demon. So the first one is that in modern context, demon is wholly evil. However, in the ancient world, in the Mesopotamian world, demons were just another word for spirit, as it were. And so a spirit could, was, could be more lenient toward the evil side, but in the most part, it depended on how you invoked the power of the spirit that determined if it was good or evil. Now, it should be noted that Pazuzu was generally a spirit of evil, spirit, evil spirit of the wind as it was. However, he could be called upon or, you know, paid off, however you want to talk about it, for protection. Protection against demons and other bad spirits and such. And it was actually, it's actually factual that people sometimes found figurines or that we found figurines and people kept figurines of Pazuzu for this, you know, as a protective talisman, as it were. And so that connection to Zozo kind of falls apart there. Um, Zozo is always depicted as a very evil, malevolent, malicious spirit who's kind of out to get you and will take multiple different names and forms to do so. Now, uh, what if, what about the, the real stuff? Well, uh, I'm going to talk about that in just one second. So... The real stuff deals with a man named Darren Evans. Darren Evans first encountered Zuzu in 2009, and he went online to kind of research it and figure out what he could. Now, there's two concerns with um, Darren Darren's half of the story. The first of which is that lots of people point out that Zuzu and some of the alternative spellings like Zosa... Uh, actually appear on the Led Zeppelin album, and so it's kind of suggested that maybe just in the back of the head he had this name of Zosa and Zuzu to, that comes from the Led Zeppelin album. Uh, additionally, 
people are generally skeptic of Darren Evans' story just because he he seems to come up he came out with essentially an obsession with Zuzu and it's he's got a whole blog page devoted to this story and he's been a part of interviews and even had a movie in 2012 about Zuzu and so people kind of put on the guise of this being a for lack of a better term publicity stunt or a made-up story to kind of uh, get attention or made up in his own head. Now, plenty of uh, stories on Reddit I'm sh- uh, come up this way, kind of. However, this is presented as fact, and when there's fact, you have to. Sh- you, of course, we can't need to scrutinize fact, but when things start to line up and you actually find multiple stories about this demon before your initial encounter, it gets you to start thinking. And so it's important to kind of think back and remember things and details like how the in eight, the 1800s, though the actual person who wrote down the tale of the possession of the girl who mentioned Zozu was on his own opinion that the girl was faking it. And there was still an exorcism performed to help the girl. And so we can take a look at that and we can almost you would have to more or less guess and say it can still go either way because the girl would have still had to been exercised. Um, likewise, other people have had experiences with Zuzu. So we also have to look at those stories about how it's more than just one person who seemed, who became uh, obsessed with it. It's what I think is important whenever we're discussing things that have a potentially, um, that are potentially false is how many people are familiar with it um, even before it gets big and stuff like that. And so it's just something to think about is that there is evidence to suggest that this character is real, um, just as there is potential evidence to suggest that the Ouija board is just as real. However, of course, when we compare that to you know scientific stuff and whatnot, there are some gray areas and some problems And so we just have to make sure that we have a proper and full discussion about it. And that is all that I have to say about this. So when we start talking about, is there any science behind the Ouija board, we come up with something that is known as the ideomotor effect. And basically it's a subconscious involuntary movement that was first documented in nine, in 1852, and you often accident uh, quote you often accidentally move a little bit if you think about a movement says Anderson Max, an assistant professor at the Interacting Mind Center at Denmark's Aarhus University. Quote: If you think about kissing your partner, for instance, you're inclined to lean just a little bit forward without really thinking about it. The same force is at work with a Ouija board. Participants think that the planchette is moving, so they subconsciously move it themselves. So the basic idea is that without realizing it, you're spelling out words that you or your group might subconsciously want to hear. And the basic idea comes down to predictability. And so let's say you start out with a basic question of who you are. Well, someone's going to start by moving the planchette on their own. 
toward a letter, and then as a group, you're going to move it together to spell out a name in response. Anderson published a study in 2018 looking at these predictions play out in a Ouija session. His team asked participants to wear goggles outfitted with cameras to track their eye movement. As a control, the participants were asked to spell the word Baltimore using the planchette. Their eye movement nearly anticipated, or neatly anticipated, the planchette's trajectory across the board as they looked at the letters where they were moving it. The participants were asked to use the Ouija board, then normally asking questions they came up with. In this part of the session, the individual participants weren't as good as looking at and predicting the next letter, but when the two participants' eyes' movements were analyzed together, they tended to be as good as predicting the next letter as they had been while spelling Baltimore. Often, if you look at two people, says Anderson, one of them will have the predicted letter. Typically, he says, the first letter is most likely random, becomes less and less random, so the likelihood that one participant can predicting becomes much higher. Some Ouija board users have reported that the board communicated things that it shouldn't have been able to know, like facts that the participants themselves didn't even remember. A 2012 study suggests that there might be attributes to subconscious memory. In the study, participants used a Ouija board to answer yes or no trivia questions unbeknownst to them. Each participant was flying solo blindfolded and their partner was a part of the research team and took their hands off the planchette so the participant was manipulating it alone when faced with a question to which they weren't confident in the answer participants guessed more correctly when they were supposedly quote receiving the answers from the ouija board than when they were just answering the trivia questions themselves ronald rinsink an associate professor of psychology and computer science at the university of british's columbia one of the authors of the 2012 trivia study says that the students' results might hint at powers of the subconscious mind. There's been more and more evidence that there are two systems, which one is conscious and which one is non-conscious, sometimes called the zombie mind, says Resnick. When using a Ouija board, the conscious mind can take the back seat. Your conscious mind says, I'm going to give up because I'm not in complete control, in which case your zombie system then takes over, he says. Even if your conscious mind doesn't know the answer to a question posed by the Ouija board, your subconscious memory might there with an assistance. This is kind of like autopilot or just kind of going through the motions and the reason you oftentimes have trouble with um, changes like let's just say you're making a recipe and one day someone tells you oh I can't eat cheese or something or I can't eat the uh, the nut that's in there and so now all of a sudden you have to alter your recipe only slightly and so if you don't aren't thinking about it and you aren't keeping a mental note you're more likely to make the recipe as it normally should be instead of taking out that special ingredient just because uh, on a day-to-day -day basis you always add that ingredient and so forth so while the Ouija boards might not let us communicate with the dead there's a whole world of psychological insight that the Ouija board can provide our experience with them can help scientists better understand subconscious memory our sense of agency in the zombie brain that takes over us when we do mundane tasks. Before studying the Ouija board, Rinsick worked with an automotive company, analyzing the way that people sometimes go into autopilot while driving. Got your subconscious mind. Kind of set goals and tells the zombie system what to do. Once you're on the freeway, your zombie system can handle that. Resnick suspects a link between automatic driving and the subconscious mind that comes out the play with the Ouija board. This may be the best this might be what's behind the Ouija.
that there are intelligence there, that there might be that intelligence that's driving your car. Resnick says that he's hopeful for more discoveries to come out of the science behind things like Ouija boards and magic tricks that have a historical been dismissed as hookum, quote, where we're actually beginning to understand a little bit about the purpose of consciousness or the other system. He says, we didn't know to ask that question 20 years ago. The popularity of Ouija boards can also give us insight into why people seek out experiences that scare them. Anderson, who studies recreational fear, says that spooky entertainment may have lots of positive effects on your ability to cope with fear going forward. The society's persistent interest in communication with the dead tells us something about our relationship with mortality and our willingness to suspend disbelief when it comes to contacting people we've lost. Ultimately, there is a strange and mysterious behind the board, our own minds. So, officially, the scientific explanation for Ouija is essentially we make our own demons and that we create our own problems and whatnot, and we subconsciously create the beings who manifest in these seances and whatnot through uh, our subconscious. But there are a couple of alternatives to, I guess, either debunk or put into question this research, because we should always question science. And there is two pops things that popped into my head. The first of which is the um, kind of the uh, denier's bluff or whatever of, oh, well, you didn't do it right. You really didn't contact, attempt to contact demons or spirits. And so you really couldn't determine if there was anything spiritual about or paranormal about the Ouija experience. Um, likewise, you could also play up the idea that maybe the reason that there was no quote unquote evidence for the spiritual is that the demon found it funny that they not would not show up for your little scientific experiment. And so those are two kind of ideas. And there is some backing, I think, that they kind of, um, in some sense, it feels like they forced kind of a very scientific outcome for this. To start off, they started off by asking you to spell the word Baltimore, and then followed up by a series of random questions. And those questions, uh, at least in this version of the study that I was given access, that I found on the internet, I uh, didn't have those examples questions, those questions that might, so they might not have been anything to do with contacting someone from the dead or the spirit realm, as it were. Additionally, um, they noted that they were asking questions about trivia questions. And so the problem with that is that you are not, again, you're not addressing a ghost in a meaningful manner. And so they might not pop up and you know there might very well be a scientific backing for Ouija board but there could also be a additionally a spiritual way of Ouija as well in the sense that they kind of mix together to make this one experience and that's why it sometimes changes in the sense that some people are purely you know scientific disbelievers and only do it for a party game of fun and so they engage with their subconscious consciously more or less Whereas the others who experience these very strange phenomenon are actually going forth to communicate with the dead. And so they have a much richer experience with Ouija 
alternatively, and this is probably also kind of along that same thought process and a different avenue, is the idea that demons and humans are interconnected and our body and soul are interconnected in kind of just this overall world, kind of in the same sense that the entire world is connected. And so your subconscious, even if it is a part of yourself, can still manifest itself in exterior ways, in the ways of demons through the path of Ouija and maybe the path and maybe just the Ouija board is the way to experience your conscious manifesting and your perception of whatever manifesting in that stronger sense. Likewise, um, not only in a personal level, but as a group level, because all of you are putting yourselves into the board and you come up with this um, outcome of whatever it might be and you are extending your consciousness into the infinite consciousness that is the world further in a sort of meditative way and so that are two different ways to look upon this study um, either as a as it is a scientific method of saying there is no paranormal and it is only subconscious a way of saying that somehow the experiment was flawed, or B, that there is some mixture between the two in that there is both a paranormal and exterior motive for the experience of the Ouija board and a interior subconscious motive for the experience of the Ouija board. Thanks for listening to this segment. Hello, Internet. Sam here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to like and follow or whatever else you need to do in order to get this podcast regularly. And be sure to share this episode. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you in the next one.